Hello, friends. As always, it's that fateful time to find your balls. I'm Jeff Stuckey, riding shotgun. Not feeling in my shaman place today. I'm feeling more average Joe. Uh, so that's a warning to the consumption of anything that I might say. It may be less enlightened than you're used to. Well, um, that'll, that'll go away really quickly. Once you start talking, there's a direct line to whatever generates all that information oh, and cool. it, it'll come right out this is greg i'm driving today <laughs> as usual wow and he just took the fucking wheel <laughs> well, our well listener, there you go driver let's just uh, drive our listeners demand shaman-esque material and oh, i want okay. to assure them it will happen are you just telling me that or is there any modicum of truth to that i'm glad you ask thank you <laughs> uh yes we have gone international what? Shaman Jeff. Yes, we have. We have listeners in uh, Lithuania, uh, leukemia. Dude, <laughs> I couldn't find Lithuania on a, <laughs> Lithuania. Spontania. Wow. We are international. <laughs> we are international. Dude, I'm getting a t shirt with that. That's right. Um, so now, still, you know, slightly over half are from Indiana, which, I mean, that's the intellectual capital of the United States. So there are people of, I guess, sub-intellect still tapping into what we're doing. So that's I good. pretty much thought 90% were from the north side of Evansville. <laughs> that's, well, that so was for you to say we're international, I'm thrilled and terrified at, all at the same time. It's scary. It's scary. But we're there. It didn't take that long. We're there, and we got to keep it going. Well, no pressure. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, how are we going to keep it going? What are we talking about today? In the same vein... As our uh, recent episodes, we want to talk about a topic that is uh, seldom discussed among men, but at the core of, of everything that we do. So like last time, we talked about solving civilization's problems. And I think we pretty much did that, didn't we? Yeah, and we had some extra time, but this one we may, take the cons- may consume the entire time. Okay. Because we're going to go the total other way and go directly to the individual. So what we need um, your insight on today is what we're going to call self-care. Oh, yes. The, uh, <laughs> the all-important, all-popular self-care. Do you, uh, do you have a self-care program? Like, is that something that you engage in or like what's your, what's your orientation to self-care? Yeah, yeah. So I try to make a, a balance, a healthy balance for me involving physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual components. And it's my understanding, and I will will hear hear the truth from you, but it's my understanding that that we all have an equilibrium of those that we call a balance. But whether it's the most optimum balance, we don't know. We just know it puts us in a state of equilibrium and we can move along. Um, But what I found is that if I work on a weak one to move it up, that, that helps. And I, I still maintain the, the height of whichever one I'm on. So like for me, uh, spirituality is something I want to make sure is ingrained every day. So every day I have 30 to 60 minutes of time where I'm making sure I'm, I'm infusing myself with the, the spiritual components that's going to allow me to go through the day and be able to look back on it and say, yes, I was true to my core. And, and as far as physical you know, I love working out after COVID. <laughs> I quit going to the gym, but I'd created a home gym and I still work out at a much lower level, level of intensity, you know. 
and certainly mental. I mean, I can't get my mind to stop that. We, we share that same problem. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it wants why we drink a little or in some cases, <laughs> it may need to cuss a little. A little. <laughs> oh, you yeah. always need to cut. <laughs> I don't understand like bad words. Can we do a session? Can we do a podcast on bad words? Cause well, that whole notion I don't even get. Yeah. That, that's too deep to open up here. But Sorry, absolutely, I digress to. back to the, okay. Yeah. But part, part of my self-care is definitely cussing. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, and, and then for emotional, you know, I, I try to make sure I'm connected in a good way to the key people in my life and that there are no or minimized bad connections with everybody. You know, I, those bother me slightly, <laughs> as you know. Uh, so anyway, that, that's a, a, you know, a general idea of what I'm doing. Um, did you want to share something along those lines or open one of those up? Well, I would say I'll, I'll kind of touch on it personally and professionally. Personally, discovering self-care, you know, in my self-care practices has been, one, I think, well, actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to invert this. I'm going to talk about it professionally. I find that people's orientation to self-care is they – they typically fall in one of two categories. One being, and and I would say the preponderance of men fall in this category, is just kind of poo-poo it, like mm-hmm. well, self-care. Like, right. do you want me to go get my nails done? <laughs> um, which is delightful if you haven't had your, I mean, I judged and I shouldn't have. Mm. Pedicures, dude, <laughs> that's some <laughs> next level it's weird having somebody touch your feet but then the results um so then category one would be just kind of a dismissal of it like that's Mm -hmm. that's silly nonsense i don't have time for that but then the other category that i find falling into it is self-care becomes a euphemism for some kind of an indulgence oh right right like you know if if i'm doing something you know it's like license for me to say well, I'm making this shit up. I don't know. Like blackjack, playing blackjack is self-care for me, you know, and maybe my spouse is like bitching at me because I blew right. up, you know, it's like, yeah. but it's self-care. I mean, that's self-care, you know? Yeah. And so those two categories really take away from the integrity of what self-care is. Mm-hmm. And I think it's critical individually, but I think it's, more critical for men because we just don't take it seriously. Right, right. And we may limit it to, you know, maybe the physical, you know, like Mm -hmm. exercise. So we'll go to the gym and we'll do stupid shit, like like push ourselves to the point of almost losing consciousness um, or something like that. But we don't, ever take the time to really think about what is it that truly helps me function optimally mm-hmm. and what is it that keeps me at a high quality of life and i want to distinguish between you know i will mostly adopt the phrase high quality of life versus happiness because we have such a ridiculous preoccupation (laughs) with happiness. I got caught up in it for a while. I mean, I, one of the 
people that influences me significantly started to study happiness, happiness theory. And it came from a place where he, you know, was like, well, if, if depression's a thing, you know, if we can make such a thing as clinical depression or clinical anxiety or clinical this, why can't happiness? So that discovery process was understood, but it's like, you ain't fucking happy all the time, man. Life is like, <laughs> That's right. shit ain't easy, man. And it ain't for the faint of heart. That quality of life and, and a part of that is just meaning. And one of the things that I've experienced is you and I, you and I have often talked about this is that at the risk of being too elementary, but emotions are like ice cream and every emotion is just a different flavor of ice cream and needs to be experienced, mm -hmm. whether it's sadness, whether it's happiness, whether it's fear, whatever those things are, each one of those needs to be felt and experienced because there's meaning in them yeah. that's going to help me direct my life in a way that leads to a higher quality of life. And where I see that affect us the most, I think, culturally and as men, is things that make us sad. And for us as men, we have two emotions, good and bad, right? Yeah. Which aren't exactly <laughs> emotions, but... <laughs> um, so we avoid, as you and I have talked about, those vulnerable emotions. Yeah. I think the challenge is to try to make self-care something that is like a real thing. Yeah. And the other thing is the realization that only you can answer that question. I can't answer that question for you. Right. I can't tell you, Hey Greg, this is your self-care program. I can't, I, you know, it's, you've got to do your own personal work to the end of saying, now you can borrow from mine, right? If you're like, what the fuck is self-care? Yeah. Hey, Jeff, what do you do for self-care? One of the things for me, I am restless. Like I am highly, highly restless. And if I ain't into shit, <laughs> I'm going to get into shit, right? Yeah, right, right. There, that restlessness is not going away. Yeah. And so... I have to channel that restlessness, but then I also have to know when I need a break from it. And relaxing is really, really hard for me. Mindfulness, being present. Uh, one of the most critical practices for me is meditation. Um, damn near killed me to try to learn how to meditate. And it was so difficult that for a long time, I just kind of made fun of it. Like mm -hmm. meditation, come on, that's like bullshit. That doesn't help anything. Uh, no, it's like, it's like life changing. Yeah. Um, so I think that's our first challenge is to get people to take that seriously. It's like oxygen masks on an airplane. Who do you put the oxygen mask on first? You know, most of us know myself, right? Yeah. But we can say that, but we don't do it. Right. And why do you put the oxygen mask on yourself first? Well, if I don't put the oxygen mask on, it's now a finite number of people that I can help yeah. before I pass out. Yeah. But if I put the oxygen mask on first, it's now an infinite number of people that I can help. And I think that's, that's a reorientation that we need to make is that I'm putting the oxygen mask on myself first, 
not because I'm a selfish piece of shit, which is kind of the thought, right? Yeah, if yeah. I, as a man, because I'm already conflicted with my work-life balance, that's a total misnomer and like there is such a thing. So I'm like, what the fuck, you know? Yeah. But then when I add self-care to the mix, like you need to start intentionally doing the things that optimize your ability to perform and, and your quality of life, then it's like, well, I'm a selfish piece of shit. Yeah, yeah. Well, how is it that, uh, I don't want to make a big generalization, but I'm going to have to. <laughs> Women seem to know when they need that and they go take care of that and it's not considered indulgence, but men don't even know it and then don't know how to pursue that. Well, tell me. Well, I think part of it goes back to our socialization as men that orientation to reality, right? That our primary orientation to reality is power, achievement, success. And so when you're in that, right, limitations are not useful. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, I got to keep pushing. I got to keep pushing. I got to keep yeah. pushing. Like, no, I got to, you know, what's the, th when we achieve a goal, what's the first thing we do? Yeah, we set, set a new goal, one. right? Yeah, yeah. And then we start, then we feel the weight of having to achieve that goal. So that, that would be line, I have, uh, line item number one, why men aren't effective at it. But then number two, right, is that we're not conditioned to be aware of our vulnerable emotions. Our vulnerable emotions tell us when we are in need, mm -hmm. Right. And so we mostly were conditioned that, to use the cliche, big boys don't cry. Mm -hmm. So any feelings of vulnerability, any feelings of emotional need, we have to suck it up. We have to, you know, my dad's saying, you know, if you want something to, if you want to cry, I'll give you something to cry about. Right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Clearly, I already have something to cry about. <laughs> and maybe you could... Give me a fucking hug or something, right? But no, that's not what we do as men. What we do is we, we suppress that. Yeah. And so we don't even explore those kinds of things to understand uh, causal, you know, mm -hmm. what's causing me to feel sad, to feel anxious, to feel. So there's no exploration there. And then that's when we go back oftentimes into compulsive behaviors where we're doing you know, I drink too much, I golf too much, I work too much, whatever that too much is. Mm -hmm. And then that compulsive behavior then affirms that I'm a selfish piece of shit, right? Mm -hmm. and, I, and now I have the behavioral yeah. evidence to prove it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I stay at work too long or I get drunk too much or I do this kind of thing and that kind of thing. So now you're telling me I'm supposed to take more time for self-care. Yeah. No, that won't get, that doesn't feel like that'll get you where you need to be. Right. And mm. then it becomes, I already think that I'm a selfish piece of shit failure because of these areas. And then the shaman says, no, you need to develop self-care so then subconsciously that's heard as be more selfish. Yeah. And then the cycle just perpetuates itself. Right, right. So at some point we need a break from that to step back and say there's some value in taking care of me so that I can do better at what other people need from me. Even if that's back into the, the grind of the success, power, and achievement I'm not saying it's a good place to be, <laughs> but I could do better at that and then hopefully learn to limit those things and put them in the proper perspective. Yeah, and it 
you know, it comes back to that you really just have to trust the process. That thinking was a very difficult thing for me to break. I remember my the first thing, I, I have an uncle that got me into riding Harleys. And, uh, it, dude, it was, <laughs> <laughs> you know, they, they say with Harleys, you either get it or you don't. Yeah. And unfortunately, I get it because yeah. that shit's expensive. Because uh, <laughs> I would look at another bike that was like yeah. much, much, and I'm like, dude, buy it, don't buy it. Couldn't do it yeah. anyway. So I, I worked, I worked, did sacrifice some things, saved up so I could go buy a bike. And uh, on an intuitive level, I knew this takes me to a place of relaxation, fulfillment whatever it is. And, and I, I, you know, let me be clear. Like I, I made the sacrifices to be able to do it. It wasn't yeah. like I went home one day and said, well, I went to therapy and the therapist said I need a Harley. So you're going to have to figure out a way to pay for it. Like that ain't self care. Yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah. that's a different thing. That's yeah. selfish asshole. Um, <laughs> I had been in a habit of, it was, it was convoluted, but my uncle would borrow somebody else's bike and we would go for rides and we'd get up literally, butt crack of dawn on Saturday morning and we'd leave, we'd set out at five o'clock in the morning, typically be home 10 o'clock by the latest. Right. And so my kids would maybe be uh, getting up, getting going, all of those kinds of things. I really was not missing out on or disrupting anything. Right. And the effort it took to make myself do it. Mm -hmm. Like, it's okay for you to do this. It's good for you to do this. When you get back from riding, you're going to be in a really positive place. You're going to yeah. have a great day with your kids. It's going to... Dude, it just, yeah. and I finally gave up and sold it. <laughs> oh, no. I couldn't overcome <laughs> the guilt, man. Yeah. I was just like, man, damn it, I'm going to sell it. And that was, <laughs> that was the wrong decision. Yeah. And if you're out there listening, if you have my bike, I want that fucking thing back. <laughs> I think the first thing that we have to do is we have to make it critical. We have mm -hmm. to make it okay. Mm -hmm. We have to do the the initial work of saying, that this is my version of putting on my oxygen mask. Yeah, yeah. And I'm intentionally doing this so that I can be more present in my relationship, so that I can create the legacy for my children and my family that I want to create, so that I can give back to the universe in the way that I want to give. And I think for most of us as men, we we tend to stay at a constant state of deprivation mm -hmm. because of those things, those logical fallacies that tell us it's selfish when it's really imperative. Right. And right. I think that's the first step. Yeah. Now, it, it would seem like a guy would need to discuss this with, with his wife, <laughs> for instance, just to uh, make sure that everybody knows, here's what I'm headed towards. I'm not trying to slack off on duties or back off on being whatever you need me to be. I just, I really need to be more of what you need me to be. And here's how I'm going to do it. That can be difficult. Yeah. And, and that has to come from a place of certainty. Mm -hmm. 
it's not an asking permission. It's, I know I need this. Yeah. Now, it has, and I, I, this is not, this could easily be taken as license to, to indulge. Right. And that's right. not the conversation that we're having. Yeah. You know, this isn't, if you're saying, you know, well, for me to be optimal, I've got to play 36 holes of golf <laughs> every Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. You need more help than this podcast yeah. can give you. <laughs> it's that sense that I know I need this and how can I fit this in a constructive way into my framework? Mm -hmm. And then if I can't fit it into, then it's not, then sorry, man, life ain't fair, but you don't fucking get to do that right now. So then I go to the next best thing. That's not, not disruptive. Right. So there's a responsibility of evaluating this that has to precede that discussion. Mm Mm-hmm. You've got to do the work. And then the other thing that you're not doing is you're not putting your spouse in the position of being the villain. So you're not asking her permission. Mommy, is it okay if I go do that? Ain't the fucking conversation, right? You're approaching the conversation as a grown ass man that has thought through what I need to do to be at my best, to be more present. And I now want to have this discussion with you. It's not asking your permission. That it, and that's such a critical thing because I see so many men that ask their wives permission and it, it's so fucking toxic because, one, it, it creates a parent-child dynamic in the relationship. Hey, Mommy, is it okay if I go over to Greg's and play for a little while? Oh, yeah. Right? But then it also puts her in the position of villain Mm -hmm. to where now she has to be the person that says no. So that interaction from that perspective is a lose-lose. And it will do untold damage to the relationship. Now, again, but it's not the other side. You're not going in as this tyrant that's like, here's how it's going to be. You've thoughtfully done the work of what I need for self-care. And then you're integrating that into a system that already exists that will optimize that system, not take away from it. Oh, that, that's phenomenal because basically you're trying to get some buy-in, but you've done the work to say, I'm not going to mess up what we already have. Matter of fact, you may pull out of something that you're doing it could be work, it could be play, whatever. I'm going to pull away from that so that I can address self-care so it won't disrupt our family. And then your wife would offer buy-in to that, not permission. Correct. Okay. That's exactly right. Like yeah. you're, you're presenting that in a way of here's what I need to do. Here's why I need to do it. Here's what I'm seeing the benefits are going to be to me. Let me know your thoughts. Yeah then I'm open to that feedback. But it's not, I'm going to say this again, I'm probably going to say it 15 times over again. I'm not asking your permission because you're not my mom. I'm a grown-ass adult and I'm having a conversation with you that two partners in any endeavor Mm -hmm. would have. Yeah. You know, if you, for man-made, if I have an idea about man-made, right, 
and I've done my work, and I'm like, I think this is going to improve man-made, and I'm certain of the reasons why I think this is going to improve it, then I'm coming to my partner, and I'm saying, all right, Greg, here's my idea. I'm pretty fucking sure that this is brilliant, (laughs) but what are your honest thoughts about it? Yeah. Yeah, that's totally different than just saying, here's what I'm going to do and not ask or put all the onus on me to try and figure out if it was a good idea just because it was some thought that you had. And if I can say one of the biggest failures that I see in men is villainizing their wives. Yeah. And they will go to them in, in that vein of asking their permission. And the wife feels it, right? Yeah. And, and it feels gross. <laughs> Like, seriously, dude, you're asking me, you're asking if, not not that anybody's thinking this on a conscious level. Mm-hmm. And, and I just, the reason that I'm hammering this point is because I think this, in, in my experience with men, this is what derails genuine self-care. Thinking about it, thinking about it from the perspective of, you know, well, is my wife going to be okay with this? Is she going to... Or thinking from the perspective of, well, I'll just make her the villain. I'll put her in the position of having to say no. And it just, it, it uh. <laughs> okay, I'm going to move on because I, I don't want to belabor. I kind of want to belabor the point, uh, but I'll leave that alone. But that that's the, so step one of intentional health care, and, and then we'll elaborate on step one a little bit more after this, but it's like, is me doing the work of what what is self-care for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then step two is introducing it to my system in a way that is constructive and not intrusive and destructive. Yeah, that's good. Would it be beneficial to go through a few options, what we see successful people have done, or, you know? Yeah, and I think, and I want to go back to, these are loose categories, mm-hmm. right? Know thyself is step number one. Yeah. You know, you can do some things that will be helpful in that. Um, One of the things that I would recommend is a a very useful tool um, to this end uh, would be some kind of a personality assessment. My training has been in uh, Myers-Briggs and the Big Five personality assessment. Very, very useful, particularly on the continuum of introvert and extrovert. Mm Mm-hmm. Most people have a fundamental misunderstanding of what it means to be an extrovert and what it means to be an introvert. And those cat- what those categories really represent are things that are emotionally replenishing and things that are mostly depleting. Mm-hmm. So you, you and I are opposites on this. You're as strong in introversion as I am extroversion. And so some of our self-care kinds of things will look very different. Yeah. You know, for me, it's, I have to be at the gym. Yeah. I have to have the energy of the gym. Yeah. You know, doing P90X at home, that thing ain't (laughs) ever getting out of the fucking box, man. I mean, it's just, whereas an introvert might be more distressed about the gym, might set a goal. You know, an introvert might think one dimensionally like, well, to be physically healthy, I have to go to the gym. And they can't get themselves in the routine. Well, it may be because they're introverted. They're already at an emotionally depleted state. So then going to the gym depletes them more. 
Mm-hmm. Whereas working out on their own would be more replenishing. So, so, and the personality assessments go into deep, but that's just one example of why I would recommend that as being a good place to start. Yeah. Okay. So that's kind of touched on a, a physical kind of idea. Should a guy look into things like emotional well-being or mental well-being? Is that some other categories he can open up? Yeah, I think I probably the categories that I would I would say deserve attention, if you will, is physical health. Okay, emphasis on health, healthy, yeah. being healthy. Yeah, I'm going to say it one more time: physical health, not physical appearance. Yeah, yeah. Okay, being healthy. Like your blood pressure, your cholesterol, like all that kind of shit. Like be healthy. You don't have to be like some kind of alpha male gym freak, whatever the (laughs) fuck. Buy every like, you know, latest, greatest fad of what's going to turn you into the alpha male that you're going to waste 500 bucks on and the thing just holds clothes in your bedroom or you got all these pills that you don't. Not that. Just be healthy. Yeah. Like be healthy. Relational. Healthy relationships that add value and challenge, really challenge me in a positively stressful sort of way. Spirituality, something greater than yourself. Now, for you, religion is a part of that. For me, religion is not a part of that. So if if religion is a means for you to be spiritual, be greater than yourself, to think beyond your own needs, to think beyond what you want, fantastic. If that enhances that spirituality, fantastic. If you're one of those assholes that's just shoving your belief <laughs> down everybody else's throats, maybe you ought to lose that. Yeah. yeah. So spirituality, and then I would say intellectual, Challenging yourself intellectually somehow. Learn something new. And then finally, relaxation. Oh, yeah. Genuine, recuperative relaxation. Yeah. Not binging on Netflix. Right. You know, not, but like genuine relaxation would be the categories that I would say need attention. Yeah. You have additions to that. You feel like that's a... Decent list. What are your thoughts? Oh, I think that's way enough to get a guy started. Yeah. Uh, the caveat I would like to add, it kind of. Did you write those down? Because I was just kind of making that up as I was going it's along. It's recorded for. Fuck, man! Somebody <laughs> write that down. Uh, the, the the idea of not making your wife the uh, the villain, the the per- permission giver. Uh, one thing to keep yourself in check, though. I mean, once you sort out this plan. It seemed like it'd be good to have somebody, a close friend, you know, to run it by them. Say, here's what I want to do. Where is this being abusive to my family or or self-indulgent? You know, um, I, I don't know if that's necessary, but it seemed like we don't know where a guy stands on his ability to be self-absorbed. <laughs> so. No, I think that's phenomenally necessary. And it goes back to, you know, our third conflict mm-hmm. is that men lack emotional and physical support from other men. Men don't, we don't touch each other. We shake hands, but that's more of like some (laughs) kind of fucking dominance ritual. Like, 
<laughs> I had a guy shake my hand the other day, <laughs> and he went full-on alpha, right? So he comes in high. <laughs> His hand is flat, right? And so he comes in high, and then, like, elbow up, and then, like, the big squeeze. Yeah, yeah. And... <laughs> You were having a field day with well, that. Well, I wanted to say, should we pull our penises out now and just go ahead and get an official measurement? But I didn't. I was just like, eh. Anyway, um, like that kind of bullshit we got to get out of, and we've got to get to a place where we can emotionally support each other. Yeah. Yeah. And we can go to each other and say, I'm flipping the fuck out, man. Right. right. And... If I say that, then you can say, well, all right, bro, what do you need from me? Yeah, yeah. You know, not some kind of fucking everything's going to be okay or blah, 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 whatever, mm -hmm. but it's just like, all right, man, I'm here for you. What do you need? And, you know, we've done that both to each other. I, I can remember specific times years ago. There's times when you were out there, and it's like, Jeff, let's get to the core of this. Quit Wait a minute. I mean, okay, but look, let me counterbalance that. Yeah, I was going to say, be careful here. There were times when I was there, too, and it's and I was explaining to you one day, it's like, Jeff, I don't know what it is. It's like, it's like right here in my chest. It's like a pain. And he goes, you idiot, that's anxiety. You're balancing these things, and there's not working. <laughs> so it's, it's like to be able to point that out to somebody and to have them say, yeah, we need to address that. Well, and one of the things that was so that's so critical about you and I's relationship is as a therapist, right? There's there's all there's this implicitness that you always have your shit together. Mm -hmm. And and I've said that to people, you know, it's like, you know, an occupational hazard of being a therapist is that you, you don't ever just get to be a fuck up. Yeah. Like yeah. Which I would much rather be a fuck up <laughs> just because I'm kind of a fuck up. And, but people will say, no, it's not true. We don't hold you. It's like, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let me tell you some of my shit and then let's yeah. see. Yeah. Right. And, uh, my friendship with you was one of the first spaces that I got to explore how fucked up I really am. <laughs> And be honest about it and deal with it. Mm -hmm. And that is such, it is so much easier being a fuck up and every <laughs> now and then not fucking something up <laughs> yeah, yeah. than always trying not to fuck things yeah, up. Yeah. And if, if I were going to say, you know, if, if this, if what we're talking about today resonates with you and you're thinking, I want to make self-care something real, like mm -hmm. I do, I'm on a treadmill that is just constantly speeding up and I don't know how much faster I can go. And I am just disconnected from everything around me. Start with friendship. Mm -hmm. Like find somebody that really has your back. And when you, for the reasons that you said, because I need that sounding board, right? Mm -hmm. Like, hey, Greg, I think I need this, but is this just me being the selfish asshole that I am? Or is this genuinely something that I need to add into my life? And to have somebody 
to develop that with you and, and an anchor to be able to go back to. And, I, you know, when you think about relationships, platonic relationships, genuine friendships, there's, there's a nuance about a friendship. Because in friendship, somebody's not just overtly obligated to you, right? Mm -hmm. But when they choose to show up for you every day, there's a stability and a depth of meaning in that that I don't think you can experience anywhere else. So my suggestion, and I'd be interested in your thoughts on this, would be start, start in that relational quadrant was there four of them? I don't know if I can use quadrant because I might have said five things. <laughs> right. No, that's good. If there's five section, what do you call that? Let's not go there. Okay, fine. Um, so back to the relational quadrant, that's where I'd start. Yeah. And it's it's my experience has been it's kind of like dating. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, hey, man, would you like to grab coffee or, I don't know, beat our chest or whatever, <laughs> whatever that is, but just, but just some kind of exploration and it takes time. Yeah. Um, you know, I, before, before you and I really kind of solidified, I, I probably asked 20 guys, um, Hey, would you like to get together? Would you like to whatever? I don't I don't remember how, you know, whatever the invitation was. And, I remember a lot of them being like awful <laughs> fucking first dates. Right, like, right. oh shit, how am I gonna, how am I gonna dump her? <laughs> anyway, um, so your thoughts on that? What, yeah. Where? What's your beginning point? Well, I, I just want to add to that to say, each man is the best person for sorting this out. So, I, like, I can't prescribe a self care system for somebody else, but. I just want to assure everyone that they can do it for themselves. And the hardest part is just asking that question. Like, what, where am I lacking here? What would it take to make me better in these areas? Um, And not to make it some kind of challenge or competition, but it's going to be real obvious. So, yeah, it would just be an encouragement to say, you you can do it and you are the best one to do it. And then following up with, with your part is, once you've made some progress, get together with someone else to make sure that you're, you're headed the right direction. I hate fucking selling shit. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I genuinely hate selling shit. But if, if you're listening and it's like you just don't have any idea where to start, Man Made has a program that leads you through this process. Mm-hmm. And this ain't like the hard sell. This is just... If you're at a place where you just genuinely don't know where to begin, then there is a beginning point for you that we can help you with, that we would love to help you with. Hit us up through the website. Is that probably the best way if somebody was... Yeah, website and Facebook. As always, the first step in finding your balls is subscribing. That's hitting the little thumb button, right? Is that? <laughs> and then five stars, man. Come on. Fucking give me five yeah. stars. I'm a little insecure boy if I don't get my five-star rating. <laughs> uh, and don't forget, we're international. We are international. So I'm getting that on a T-shirt, bro. Oh, yeah. Guaranteed. Interact with us on Facebook. Uh, we want we want to field questions. We want all these topics to be something where, we're, where it's a conversation. So yeah. 
Yeah. So, uh, all right, man. Good trip. Yeah. Uh, appreciate you keeping this thing. That's a pretty smooth ride. We were like interstate at 80 today, I think. We were. Didn't run off anything. Yeah. So next week, I got a little surprise for you. Okay. Yeah, that's always exciting. <laughs> <laughs> and I can assure you, you have no fucking clue what it is. Uh-huh. But I am giddy with excitement. All right. See you next week. Don't forget to check out becomingmanmade.com for more information and to get in touch. 